plan is to... to talk about prayer tonight. So I've got a bunch, I've got quite a bit of word for us, but I, I just want to talk about a couple things to begin with before, just as I open things up. Do you know how many, how many know that things just don't happen? They just don't just all of a sudden happen, right? And I think we need to get that mindset in us as the church, you know, things just don't all of a sudden just happen. I know God's sovereign, but he's looking for a people that are pressing into him and that things begin to move and, and, and you are called... You know, Jesus said that we're, a, we're a, a nation of what? Kings and priests, right? And so I want to talk about, you know, I guess we'll title it, Things Just Don't Happen. Because <laughs> I just, I, I feel like, again, I, I, I do completely and entirely believe that God is sovereign, that he can have, have you know, move over your life and, and do complete things and and, you know, there's a finished work of Christ that comes, and, and you don't have to do anything for that. But, you know, as I, as I look and I believe the Lord, Holy Spirit wants us to understand as the church that God is all-powerful. I'm going to kind of go back to something I spoke on a, a few weeks ago in the, in the elements of warfare, because sometimes I feel like we're pushing forward, we're moving forward, and I'm not talking individually, right? Things are just moving Everything's going ahead fine, but you know you've been you've been placed here with a mission, you know, and some of us have to get through the struggle to get to the mission, right? And so there's sometimes there's there's things that are, that stop us, oppress us. Ready? Paul said Paul said this First Thessalonians. Just look at because if it happened to the apostle Paul, then I see it all throughout Scripture that, that you know we talk about warfare. Ephesians Paul talks about the you know heavenly places and there's third heaven. Second heaven, all this stuff, right? So, do you know about that? This third, you know, he said, I, I know, don't know, I know a man that went to a third heaven, right? And so that tells me that there was at least three heavens, right? The first heaven, which is what? The atmosphere around us, right? The, the live things, right? The second heaven where angels, demons, and, and there's a little bit of combat in the air, right? And, um, and that's where I believe, you know, Satan's realm is, is just, that's the warfare place, right? And then you go, well, what about Joe? He was in the throne. Well, he was allowed there. And I don't think that was in the first heaven. I probably think that was in the second heaven. So that's just my own thought. Because I think once he was ousted, he was ousted. There ain't no return, right? So, and then we have the third heaven, right? Which is where God dwells, where the heavens are, with, with, where Jesus, the throne, what we see in Revelation, that is the place where you want to live from. Yes? Okay, so Paul said this. He said in 1 Thessalonians, it's kind of just an obscure little verse, but it's 1 Thessalonians 2.18. It says, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered him. And I just started thinking about things, you know, I started, you know, you start thinking I started thinking personally this week about some certain things that happened in my personal life, right, where, I, where I've seen combat, where I've seen, you know, I first came to Christ, right, came, just got sober off of drugs and just really, I was, 
I was a mess and God pulled me out of that, right? Because I was willing, I come to my end and I said, Jesus, help me. And he came to me and he, he grabbed me. And, and then I'm laying in bed one, day, one night, actually early, early morning, and, I, and I, I sense something happening. And you know when you're in that dream state, in and out, kind of in and out. And I could hear chains and I could hear growling and I could hear hell. I could hear whatever's happening in the second heaven, that demons were not happy about my decision to, to move towards Jesus and, to, and to, to really come and try and intimidate me because at that point, I had no knowledge, right? When we, and this is, the, this is what I want to talk to us about because the devil, the enemy, all, all the satanic things want to make us, they want to keep us ignorant, do you know? And I don't want to get over-focused on warfare, but I feel like there's some things that I want to bring to us because I'm not going to spend a lot of time about hell and all that stuff. I'm going to talk about prayer because we need to seek the Lord because we need to spend time with the Lord and, and we need to behold his beauty and, and so many things come out of that. But I just want you to see that when Paul was trying to, he was waiting for effectual doors to open. And I can tell you, as I, as I, became, as I came, became a believer, as I gave my life to Jesus, and honestly, how many of you, when you got saved, just all of a sudden, you know, there's all the voices, doubt, doubt, what's going on, you know? Come on, anyone in the room. And, I, and I'm telling you, we think it's our own thoughts, but they're satanically influenced. Yes? I mean, the enemy wants to stop you from going to the place where he's called you to go. And so... I just want us to look at this because there's, there's things that the Lord wants us to under. He wants us to awaken to some truth about prayer and how important it is. It's not like an event, like Wednesday we'll meet to pray. But, you know, it's just not an event. Come on. And if we look at, if we look, look, I, look, I can attest to my own children, right? They've had, they've had encounters, right? And then the enemy comes right in and, I, and, and it's been real, right? Where, where, the enemy will come. All of a sudden, there's revelation and, and, and tears and repentance. And then the next, very next night, comes home from an encounter with Jesus. And the enemy starts to press and try to choke. It literally tries to choke someone in bed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying this because, not to scare anyone, but to... So that we realize that there's a real adversary, right? And so the enemy's after your kids. He's after you. <laughs> He's after your parents. Come on. Come on. And so the, the reality is this, that God wants us to be a people that are so filled with him. Right? I, I believe that we can, we can enter into a place where we live out of a place of divine immunity, right? I believe that we can live so in the spirit that we know what the enemy's devices is before he does it, right? Because God wants you to know and be aware, right? That's why we need to awaken. That's why we need revival. That's why we, we're, we're crying out, right? God, awaken my heart. Awaken my spirit. Lord, I need you more today than I needed you yesterday. And God, I'm, I'm believing that you're going to come and do some things. So I, I look at certain things in Scripture, and I, and I say, wow. Because I get, right? I get challenged first. But I'm just, I'm going to start with, with Luke chapter 18. It's a familiar parable, right? But there's things that the Lord wants us to see. 
And so it says this in verse one, I'm gonna read the first eight verses. It says, then he spoke a parable to them that what? That men ought always, always ought to pray and not lose heart. Always ought to pray and not lose heart. And there was a certain city, a judge who did not fear God or regard man. Now, now there was a widow in this city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary, right? There's an adversary. Well, Jesus is giving us a picture. He's giving us a story because he wants us to understand that there's a reality and there's an adversary that's trying to take and bring injustice to our situations. And it said that he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I don't fear God or, nor regard man, yet because this widow, what, troubles me, I will avenge her, right? Lest by her continual coming, she will weary me. Now, Jesus is making a picture for us so that we understand the fact that it is okay to go to God again and again and again, and again, and again, and again, until we see breakthrough, and so, until we see things begin to unfold, and things begin to break open. Because how many in here, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need a fresh breakthrough, right? Sometimes, you know, things start closing, and you feel a little, come on, cloudy, and some of us don't even know sometimes. Sometimes we just get into this lull, Right? And then we realize, wow, I feel like I'm a million miles away from the Holy Spirit, and I need you now, God. And God, listen, don't stop with one prayer. Don't stop with one knock, right? We can't just give up, right? So I'm here to encourage you tonight. I'm here to give us hope, because hope without, right? We don't want to hope deferred without hope. Our heart's sick. But we want the tree of life to just begin to bloom over our lives in ways that we haven't seen or, or known before. So... I'm just encouraging us tonight, don't give up, don't quit, don't back off. I'm telling you, Jesus is better than any therapy session you can have. Jesus will meet you, and he'll begin to open you up. And the best thing, you know, sometimes we just want to keep the hard shell and don't let the Holy Ghost in. But I'm telling you, <laughs> come on, God wants to break open the things that are hard so that he can get in and, and, and the floodgates will just begin to open in your life and you'll begin to know who he is as a person, right? And so this is what, she, what Jesus is talking about. Listen, hey, I, I don't want to be wearied, so I'm just going to give her what she wants. And it's a picture of the church, right? That when we begin to pray and we begin to petition, whether it's for revival or, come on, I need bread. I need daily bread today. I need bread of heaven today. Whatever it might be, it's just don't stop. Make the Lord weary. Come on, somebody. Make the Lord weary. It's, a, it's okay, because it doesn't bother him. Because here we go, it says this, and the Lord, sa the Lord said, here's what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out to him night and day, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them, I tell you, he will avenge them what? I like that word, speedily. How many like suddenlies? Yes. I, I'm telling you, like suddenly God shows up in my house. Like suddenly. All of a sudden, everything changes. Suddenly. I got a brand new apartment. Suddenly. Things just begin to move and change and, and you get an upgrade about, for something. Or you've been struggling and fighting and 
the battle ends. Because sometimes it's a matter of just the battle ending. <laughs> Somebody yeah. witness. I mean, sometimes it's just there's a fight. And God's wanting to bring us to the end. That breakthrough will happen. Right? And I don't know if anyone... Listen, I'm looking for God. I don't have, you know, I'm not looking for the vengeance is mine part. But I am looking for the speedily. Come on, move things ahead, God. Move things ahead so that I can move on and we can get into life and I can get into purpose and I can move into the prophetic call, the prophetic things that you've spoken over my life, right? It says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? So he says all that and says things are coming speedily and then he tests everyone's heart. Says, will there be faith when I come to the earth? And I'm, I'm encouraging us tonight because I believe this. Listen, I've been in India. I've been in foreign lands where messed up things just begin to happen. And you need to know that God is there. I can tell you just one quick testimony. When I was in India, when I got off the plane, I didn't even know if there was going to be someone showing up to pay, fetch me, you know? I'm like, this is all by faith, right? And I show up and he brings us to this hotel room, right? And it was not, the, you know, it wasn't the region high, I'm telling you, it was, you know, I was okay. I'm a missionary, you know? So we went in this place, and we were, of course, it was right near a Hindu, Hindu temple, and as soon as I laid down on the bed, and my, my friend, longtime friend was with me, he went right out sleeping, and I'm sleeping, but then I feel something. I feel the atmosphere in the room. I feel something change. And I said, I don't know if I want to open my eyes. And so I opened my eyes, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at Joe, not this Joe, another Joe. Joe, you awake? Nothing. <laughs> this guy's cutting wood. Right? I'm thinking, am I the only one spiritually alive here? What's going on? And I saw this, like, demonic entity manifest in the room. How many know the enemy's not happy when you park next to a Hindu temple and you're there to bring the gospel, right? And so all I said was, Jesus, you need to help me right now because I have no clue what to do with this. And I'm telling you, demon live, like demon live in the room. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, you have no place here. That's all I said. And it just went, it sucked out the window. And I'm thinking, oh, that was easy. What's next? You know, like test number one, right? And everything went good. It was a good trip. But my point is immediately, immediately, come on, the enemy wants to stop what the kingdom's about to do. And so it's not just about being on the mission field, although I gave you an illustration of what that looks like. Listen, what I'm telling you is the second heaven is real. And we have no business really messing around with it. We just take authority in it, right? You don't need to go in and out of there. As a matter of fact, I heard from an old prophet that you shouldn't mess around in there. Just be with Jesus and command from the third. Yeah? Good. All right. So the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that there's real stuff happening. Yeah? And that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And he that's inside of you 
is greater than he that's in the world. He's greater than he that's moving in, in, in around the nations. Come on. He's greater than any spiritual entity that's, that's moving in, in the planet. And so, I, again, I say all these things to say to you, you have authority. But how do you get authority? Well, it's just given to me. It is to a certain degree. But how many know the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you know the person of God, the more you seek God's face, the more you find him, the more you sit with him, the more you behold him, the more kingdom authority comes on your life because you know who he is, you know how he thinks, you know how he operates, you know what his thoughts are, not completely, come on, because he wants to make us a prophetic people and don't, we don't want to go towards arrogance, but I do want to understand what God's heart is in every matter. And the more God, the more oil, the more presence I get on my life, the more I have authority over the things that are coming at my household, the more I have authority over the things that are coming at my business, the more I have authority over the things that are coming against the people in our, our congregation and the church and the fellowship. I don't want, come on, we don't want devils moving around and moving on people. We want clarity. We want purity. We want, come on, the fullness of who he is moving through our lives so that you can see and understand and know. How are you to see and understand? stand and know if you don't spend time with him. And the things I want to I just unlock at the end, I have keys at the end or, or principles or purposes at the end of prayer because God has some things that he wants to unlock for us, but we cannot be ignorant and we cannot ignore them. It's more about us ignoring them and thinking they're not there and thinking it doesn't matter. And it does very much matter in the matter of the kingdom. It matters. It eternally matters because if we don't move and come on, enter into the presence of God, listen, I'm just going to show you a couple of things. Ready? Uh, I'm going backwards in my notes. I don't know why I'm doing that, but I, that's what happens sometimes. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Something you already know, right? Remember this, right? Jesus is going to get baptized. I'm reading it from the Passion Translation because it's just better. <laughs> but it says this, verse 21, 321, as he was consumed with the spirit of prayer. King James says, as Jesus was praying. That's good. Not as dynamic as consumed with the spirit of prayer. I like that because I want to be consumed with the spirit of prayer. And sometimes we're really, really sleepy, sleepy, sleepy. I'm going to drink now. I'm already slurring. As he was consumed with the spirit of prayer, the heavenly realm ripped open above him and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the visible, tangible form of a dove and landed on him. Now, it didn't say... Because he was the son of God. The skies ripped open and the heavens opened up and tangible presence of God came down on him. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say because he was an apostle, a prophet, or a teacher. It says because he was consumed with prayer. And I don't care. Jesus is the model. I don't care. Jesus is the model. How do we see the heavens open up? You be consumed with prayer. See, it's not about having a prayer life. It's about being consumed 
by the spirit of prayer, the spirit of supplication. How is revival come? I'll tell you how revival comes. Someone prayed a prayer, even up here, that we don't need revival. No, we need revival first. <laughs> it needs to wake up the dead thing and revive it. That would be my heart, your heart, when it's dead and closed. We need revival. We want to go into what? Well, I don't want a revival that's lasting one or two years. I want a, an awakening that's going to change, come on, a generation. It, it lasts 50, 60 years. Come on. So it's not about having a moment with God or having a, a, a revival meeting. It's about God showing up and staying and abiding, and I get it. But we first need revival. I need revival. I hunger for, for revival. I'm consumed with the Spirit of God to come and put a prayer in my heart. Now, what happened when, when the Welsh revival happened? It was Evan Roberts that was just beside himself that said, God, if you don't come and do something. And every person that I've seen that's been in any testimony of anything that's been effective in, in, in world revival or any movement, it's been a person that's been totally sick of where he's at and just cried out to God and said, God, I don't know what else to do anymore. You need to come and do it. But he didn't stop until it happened. Or she didn't stop. Right? When you have people like Mariah Woodworth Etter who would pull in on a train and, and repentance would blast, it would just consume the region. Like people weren't just falling out, man. They were frozen for like, it was intense. And so that didn't come from a like, I pray once in a while. I pray in the morning. No, no. I'm gonna show you because even in the Bible, even in the scripture, it shows us how many times, and I know I'm not going to get religious with this, but the reality is we see the Muslims, they're, pre they're praying five times a day, four times a day, right? Pray, 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 pray. Calling down demonic spirit. No, Allah's not the same as Jehovah. He's not the same. Are we on camera? He's not the same. You can share that. Seriously, it's not the same. And so the Spirit of God wants us to understand that if we want to see God and his glory consume the whole earth, let's just narrow it down. God, I want to see the Spirit of God consume my household. God, I want to see the Spirit of God consume a region. I want to see the Spirit of God consume a city or a town, or come on, just five city blocks, it doesn't, we need to have the spirit of prayer on our lives, right? And so this is what it said. It said that, what? He said, he, it said that the spirit, because Jesus was consumed with prayer, the heavens opened. Why? Because it was his baptism? <laughs> was it an event? I don't think so. I think he could have been out in the desert. <laughs> Seriously, I know it was all be, because of righteousness sake that he was being baptized, but did the son of man really need to be baptized? Anyway, he was. We won't go there. It's my own thoughts. We'll stay away from that. That'll get me in trouble. And then he said it's, then it went like this. Then God's audible voice was heard saying, son of my son, you're my beloved one. Through you, I am fulfilled. Now, that's completely different than what I read in my other, in the New King James. 
You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But there's something else that's being said. I don't know if he interpreted through the Aramaic, but I, I think it flips something so that we understand something. Through you, I am fulfilled. Because the whole purpose was God coming to the earth through a person named Jesus. It was God in the flesh coming to the earth to bring the fullness of who he was. If we look at God and we look at Jesus, his life was fulfilled in Christ on the earth, on the earth. So I say this for all of us. Are you getting it? Come on, I know I'm getting looks. Are you all right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. When Jesus Christ is alive and full inside of you, when you are consumed with the spirit of prayer, when the presence of God is, you are consumed with meeting with him, with him coming over your life, come on, and knowing your identity is snapped into place just like that because the Father says over you, through you, ha, my life is fulfilled. Why? Because he is your inheritance and you are his. You'll get it tomorrow. Ever since Dino said that, I like that one. You'll get it tomorrow. Really, the reality is this, that he's waiting for someone that will be completely consumed to seek the Father. And I know, listen, we've been, I know it's bouncing all around the, the it's bouncing all around the fellowship and the body. Prayer, everyone's praying, praying, praying. Let's not stop. Let's continue to seek. Let's continue to find. Because here's Revelation 1. Ready? Verse 10. It says, I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet. So he went into all this. John went into a complete revelatory realm. He went into complete access to heaven, right? And it says this, verse number 18, says the living one, though I was dead, but now look, I'm alive forevermore, and I hold the keys to unlock death and the unseen world. So what is, what is, what is, what is, what is it that we want from heaven? I don't want religion. I don't want things status quo. I don't want to just come to church to have meetings, but I want you guys to be trained up and I want myself to be trained up that when I look at situations, I know how to unlock them. I, God has given you keys to unlock things and it will not come until we press in to the presence of God and find him and know him. And when we hear him, we hear what he says and then you speak what he says. But you can't until I go before him, until I pray, right? Until I ask the Lord. I, you know, we get like numb to pray, the word prayer. We like words like fellowship with God. We like intimacy. We like abiding. We, but it's prayer. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. But it's prayer. It's just prayer. It's what moved every revival on the planet. Prayer. Right? And it's not about... Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I gotta stop. 
I gotta stop for a minute. I gotta, because I start going down roads that I shouldn't go, and it'll just won't be good. I'll go there. I don't want to just have a prayer movement. That's right. Right? I just don't want to have a prayer movement. I want a movement that moves God's heart. And I know prayer does move God's heart. And I don't, I'm not belittling anything. But what I am saying is we can't just get stuck in place there. We have to be in a place where we're positioned, that our hearts are ready, that when we get instructions that you go. Right? Right? that when we receive something that we know it's the voice of God. You need to be confident that you hear God. That you hear God as well as I can or or any of the celebrities do. You hearing me? Because YouTube doesn't put anointing on your life. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I like all the teachings, but it doesn't put anointing on your life. Everyone's new teaching or fresh teaching, the fresh word I do, I receive revelation, but it doesn't put the anointing on your life. You can get keys and it can open things up, and I'm not saying don't do it, but I am telling you this, the reality is that prayer will break things open. Like sometimes we get stuck and we've been in the same, we've been jumping rope for a long time in the same place, and things get, you know... I don't even want to just jump rope. It gets exhausting, you know? And then God wants to say, go that way. And you, you can't because you're jumping rope. Or you're on the hamster wheel. You know? One road goes to nowhere. Up. Just goes up. I know. You're all seeing it, right? But that's not where God wants us to live out of. You understand me? The Spirit of God is looking for us to just give ourselves completely to the spirit of prayer, right? So he wants, to, he wants us to, what? A key that unlocks death. I like that. Because you've been given, right? Because Jesus went down. He finished the work of the cross, went down to hell, took the keys Right, I have the keys of in, the, in your King James. It's going to say death and Hades, and so He wants us to have the keys. What to unlock death? Why? So that we can bring life, Amen. and He's called you to bring life, Amen. and that abundant life that He talks about. Right, but life of abundance, life of, of freedom, life of, of fulfillment, life of unimaginable things that you can live out in the in the Spirit of God. And so he doesn't want us to be hindered. Matthew chapter 26. Verse 36. And I'm reading the Passion Translation again. But I found it interesting because this is, the, this is where Gethsemane is, right? And so as I said before, we see we lost authority in the garden, Right? And what Jesus does, he brings it right back to the garden. What's going to happen? Garden, something's about to happen in the garden. And then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the olive, the oil press, or the olive crushing. <laughs> right? How many want a, a, a really, 
really, really deep anointing on their lives. I do. It comes from the oil. It comes from being in the place, right? Not that you have to go make a sacrifice, but Jesus went to a place to pray, and it was called the place of pressing. <laughs> it was called Gethsemane. It was in a garden. It was in an orchard. It was in a place where what? Now life was going to be renewed for every person on the earth because he was going to, in this place, press through and break through for himself and all of humanity. You say, well, Jesus didn't need breakthrough. Yes, it did. If you read this whole scripture right here, he needed to bring, he needed to break through for his own life. Because we go back right to the humanity of Christ. We think we can't do it. You can do it. It's too hard. No, it's not too hard. You can do it. You can, you can walk through whatever you're going through, and you can overcome any obstacle that comes against you, right? And it says this, that he said, sit here, here a while, and I'll go pray over there. And he took Peter, and it says Jacob, but that messes me up. So I'm going to say James and John with him. And however, an in, intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief, and it feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. And now this is, this is where, we're, where we're gonna go from, right? Jesus Christ to men who follow Jesus or women who follow Jesus. Because what? Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Am I saying that the disciples? But no, I think there was a sleepy spirit over the disciples. Why would they keep falling asleep when he's telling them this is, this is intense? This is an intense moment in history, and these dudes are falling asleep. I think it wasn't just they were tired and they didn't have a good night's sleep the night before. I think that there was something going on. And so what am I saying tonight? I'm talking about breaking a sleepy Spirit off of our hearts. Right. Uh, it's a real thing. You guys don't sleep. But what I'm saying, I've been in, mil I've been in meetings where I'm watching people down. There's no reason for it other than a spiritual thing that's closing them off. Wants to put you down so you miss something. Wants to put you down because you're lethargic in the spirit. And God says, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit does not want us to live out of a place of lethargy. Here we go. I slow my head down to catch up with my mouth. But that's the truth. <laughs> we have to wake up. You got to be fresh. And God's looking to pour out something fresh on our lives so that we're not sleeping through the thing he's about to tell us, Right? through the portion of, of life that he's about to bring us into. And he wants to bring us in. He wants us to cooperate with him so that what? When all the, all the things start going down that we're ready. Because Peter was not ready. He was like, I'm going to cut this dude up. <laughs> like that was not thinking by the spirit. And I don't, <laughs> listen, uh, we give Peter a lot of grief, but we want to be the, the other part of Peter who was, come on. Silver and gold I have none, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Like this is what God wants us to live out of. Right? 
having a hard time getting through this. So then he walked a short distance away and overcome, and overcome with grief, he threw himself face down. And, the, and in the King James, it's, pre, it's more preachable. It says Jesus went a little farther. And I'm telling you, every one of us need to go a little further. When we think we can't make it, you can go. You can make it. Listen, if he did it and his heart and he, 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 he sweated blood, remember this, right? Because he began to sweat blood. Why? Because the crushing and, the, and all the weight of sin, all the, all the stuff that God was about to set humanity free from was on his life and weighing him down. That's what I believe, that there was such a moment in, in the spirit that he was carrying the sin the Bible says it's true. It wasn't just there. He began to feel the weight and the gravity of what was happening in the spirit realm and how he was about to set entire, the whole entire galaxy free from sin and death. And there was a weight on him, and he did it. And so if he did it with all that was on him, you and I can do it. Right? He said, my father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it. Yet what I want is not important. For I only desire to fill the plan, your plan for me. And so it didn't matter, right? And let, can that be our, our in, inside of each one of us? God, we ask that right now. That's a hard thing. God, let our, it is, it's a hard thing. We think it's easy. But it goes back to the count and the cost. It goes back to understanding that what we do shakes eternity. It really does. How we respond is going to shake eternity. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's, don't think it's like little, like for your life, just even, and it's not about running around and, and, and seeing masses saved, which might happen. Come on, that's the fruit of it. But it never should be a burden. It never should be a burden because you're going to what? You're going to carry it with him. And he already carried it. Are you hear me? He already carried it. He already moved everything out of the way. And that's why I'm saying if we don't pray, if we're not prayed up, like pray in the morning, pray during the day, pray at night. What do you go to bed with in your mind? How is your mind being changed and renewed? Are you living on anointing with God in Jesus Christ? I know, it's heavy, right? God wants us to live out of this place. I'm telling you, right? So then it says this, I want to fulfill your plan. And then it says, and an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. And so listen, right there, Jesus had supernatural help. In the garden, he had the, the angel come and touch him, strengthen him, whatever he did, or he just maybe, come on, fanned him up, whatever it was. But the Spirit of God gave him grace to push through. And then he went back, later he came back, and the three disciples, Mo, Larry, and Curly, they're there, all sound asleep. Beep, 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 beep. Come on. And he awakened Peter. I know, these guys will get me later. He awakened Peter, right? He awakened Peter. And Peter said to him, do you, he said to, him, he said to Peter, do you lack 
the strength to stay awake with me. And then he said, keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing. You should have learned by now <laughs> that your spirit is eager. You should have learned by now. Listen, the words will echo through eternity. You should have learned by now, Peter. Every time. You made a silly decision. You should have learned by now, right? The spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is weak. And how many know your humanity is completely... I'm the first one to say, any of my flesh, I can't do nothing. Nothing, nothing. But the spirit of God is looking to come to strengthen you with all might in your inner man. All might. That doesn't mean a little. It means all might. Everything that's in him can be translated to you so that you can do what he said you can do. Amen? Then he left a second time. Come on. <laughs> These guys are going to get it. To pray in solitude, and he said, Father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, then your will must be done. And he came back the disciples and found them sound asleep. Come on. For they couldn't keep their eyes open. And so he left and went away and prayed, what, a third time? Guys, there's something about the three, because we're going to get into it for a second, but there's three. Come on. Praying three times, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praying three times. It's going to bring you into a place where you begin to, come on, can we do that? I'm going to say it, 30 days. Just try. It doesn't have to be three hours of prayer, right? I'm challenging us. If you pray three times a day, and I'm not saying religiously, you just be in the spirit because three times a day reminds you for the 12 or 18 hours you're awake, some of us longer, but, <laughs> but the reality is that he wants to remind us, right? He wants you to remind yourself. Wake up. Seek the Lord. You're going to eat. Listen, listen. <laughs> Let's talk about eating. <laughs> we, don't, we know when we're going to eat. Oh, boy, we know how when we're going to eat. We know we're going to feed that flesh. We know it. We know it. We know when we're going to eat. We know. Like, I can't miss a meal. Like, God forbid we miss food. Come on. Some of you are in the refrigerator late at night. You don't even need to eat, but you're eating. Come on, somebody. So, I said to myself, what would happen if I just totally reprogrammed my mind that I needed to eat the word of God and pray in the spirit? I don't care. Yeah, I know. We're out, we're out doing business. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Stop. Pray. Pray in tongues. It doesn't need, you know, it doesn't need to be, you know, all of a sudden reverent. And I'm, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying this. Just make room for Jesus during the day. Just make room for the Holy Ghost to maybe speak to us during the day. Or never mind that. Just go say, God, I love you. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be a whole lunch. Just half of it. 
one third of it. Come on, give him something. You understand? Like it's, it, there's something that I know that's gonna unlock, it's gonna bring us in breakthrough. And if we just give ourselves completely over to it, it's gonna happen. So, you know, he awoke them again, third time. Are you still sleeping, resting? So bad, right? That's what he said in this translation. Are you still sleeping and resting? Are you comfortable? Because I'm about to die. Understand? I mean, we laugh at it, but it's like Jesus was like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, are you all right? Oh, we're just napping. Just like me doing this, you know. I'll preach from here. Would that be messed up? That would be really messed up. I don't know. No one can see me. I'm laying there. But that's what, what is God what is God looking at? Like, how, what's our response? And I say this only because, what? If, listen, if you feel convicted, it's good. It's good. I shouldn't feel bad, right? I shouldn't feel bad about conviction or questions, right? It's okay. It's okay, right? So if we're feeling like, wow, maybe I need to change some things, do it. Just do it. Just do it. That's that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So I, I just, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that we do. We are. We're laughing. I'm laughing because it, are you still sleeping and resting? Do you know the hour has come when the Son of Man will be handed over to the authorities? The authority of sinful men. And then he says, get up, let's go. My betrayers have arrived. Get up, let's go. My betrayers have arrived. <laughs> Big house here. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Listen, there's so many scriptures that point us to, I couldn't even, like I started going through prayer and all these things. But Psalm 55, verse 17. Ready? Every morning, Passion Translation again, every morning I will explain my need to him. Or the, sorry, every evening I will explain my need to him. Every morning I will move my soul towards him. Every waking hour I will worship only him and I will hear, he will hear and respond to my cry. Right? So the Spirit of God, right? listen, as soon as Zion, that's you, was in labor, that's prayer, as soon as Zion was in labor, as soon as you were in labor, as soon as you were praying, she gave birth to her children. So Isaiah 66, verse 8. Here's what I want to look at. It's just what's the purposes of prayer? And I'll let you go. God might not, but I will. Right? Purposes of prayer. Number one, being with him. That's like, I know, silly, obvious. But the number one reason you pray is to be with him. The number one reason I look for him and I seek him is to be with him. 
The more I see him, the more I find him, the more I find him, the more I need him, the more I, I look to him, the more I desire him, the more you're with him, you can't get enough. I promise you that. The more you spend time with Jesus, you can't get enough. And you're going to want more and more time. The second is to hear the voice of God, right? Because when you're with him, he's going to speak to you. And we don't have to have a list every time. Are you hearing me? You don't need a list. He knows your needs. Not that we don't have prayers and petitions because Paul says that. Pray. Pray for men. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your governor. Pray for the, everybody. We, we bring, we raise these, everybody up. And he knows that. But the, the second reason is that you'll hear his voice. I want to see him. I want to hear his voice. And when, he hear, when you hear his voice, listen, the next thing is going to be that your identity is found because he's going to begin to speak over you just like I said what he spoke over Jesus. You are my beloved. And your, your life is pleasing to me. The more you spend time with me, the more I love you. Not the, and he does it. But the reality is he loves you way beyond you understand. And so you don't understand that until you spend time with him and he begins to speak to you because he wants to speak to you. And here's, the, here's what the body of Christ is lacking, the voice of God. When, when he begins to talk and he begins to leave, leave deposits of himself inside of you, then you begin to see and know who you are. Because he wants to ignite you. He wants the fire of God to come into your life. So number three is identity. Your identity is found. It's not backwards. Like You're not going to find out who you are by going through all the scriptures to tell you who you are until you meet with God. Do you understand this? Because there's a lot of focus on identity, but we got to meet with Jesus to find our identity. You need to find and lose your life, seek him, and he's going to give you everything. Your life. <laughs> your real life. Not the life you think you need, but the real life that he's got for you. That's right. right? Number four. What happens when you know who you are? Confidence. We have this confidence that we know, right? First John, that when we say something, when we declare, when we speak to him, when we begin to talk to him, that when we tell him what we need, that he's going to listen to what we've said and he's going to write, bring our petitions forth and we're going to see them. That's what the Bible says. I know I butchered it, but it's the reality of First John. That God is looking to answer and to talk to you and to speak to you. And then you should have confidence. You should know this is what he wants to do. He wants to speak to you. He want, and you should have this confidence that when he does speak. Because listen, there's process, parts of process that I'm leaving out of this. Because when the, when the presence of God comes, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, when the life of God comes to you, when you meet with him, he begins to mold. The fire of God begins to what? Burn and bring the gold out in you. That way, when you hear his voice and you speak his voice, it's not condemning. You don't begin to speak things that are, that are come on, bringing people down, but it's uplifting folks. It's bringing life to people around you, right? It's bringing life to the things that he speaks to you and you want to run with them because you believe what he says, Right? And so two things in confidence, A and B, that he hears you, 
and that you communicate his heart. Don't you want to communicate his heart and not your heart to people? I want to communicate his heart to people. I don't want to communicate my version of who he is. I want to communicate his heart to people. And that only comes back to number one. When I spend time with him, when I look and find him, when I seek his face, right? Number five, breakthrough. (laughs) When we know God's speaking, when we know what he says, when we hear his voice, when we begin to do the things that he's chosen us to do, that he's called us to do, then we what? It brings breakthrough. It opens doors. It brings, it takes away all the things that are holding you back. When you have confidence, it doesn't hold you back anymore. Yes? That there becomes a breakthrough. That there becomes, it begins to move barriers that keep you held back. Number six, it'll bring you into your destiny, right? You go through the barriers. You go through the blockades. You go through all the things that that are holding you back. And then you step, you begin to step into your purpose. You begin to move in your purpose, right? And number seven, when you begin to do that, and this happens all throughout the whole thing, when more you're with God, the more there's an atmospheric, atmospheric shift. There's, there's a shift in the air. There's a shift in the atmosphere. There's a shift all around you. But I'm telling you, when you have these things coming over your life, when you, when you begin to know that you're living with him and you're abiding with him, when your life becomes oh, totally what? Consumed with prayer. When you become consumed with seeking his face, not ministry, not doing, not prophesying, not praying for the sick. And I said this last week, not that stuff, although that will be a result. But the reality is he's wanting you just to be with him. That's why I couldn't find it. So Leviticus, I'm just going to end with this. Leviticus 24. Verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. We just talked about Jesus being what? in the place of pressing. Where does the oil come from? Sometimes it comes from the place where you're being pressed. Sometimes it goes from the place where you are meeting with God and don't, and I'll tell you, I'll promise you, when you have an encounter, and I pray everyone in this room encounters the Lord in power and strength. I'm telling you right now, when that happens, you will be pressed. It will press something out of you. It'll change you. It'll move something in you. It'll bring you to another understanding of who he is. And it'll move things that are not necessary inside of you. It'll press them out. Where does the oil come from? The pressing, the crushing. I know, we don't like that. But I'm telling you, when the crushing comes, the oil of the anointing brings light. And there's something that has to happen to the church at large that we allow ourselves to be crushed. Crush the entertainment. Crush the popularity. Crush, crush, crush. 
got things he wants to move out of your life, allow him just to come in and press your life. You know what happens when the weight of God comes into a room? He presses you. I've been in places where the glory of God has come in so thick that you can't move. Why? Because the press, the pressing of God is in there. And if you're not, if you're not careful, can I say this? If you're not careful, you just get up and leave and you don't even know. That's why we have to be aware of what God's doing. That's why you have to be aware of who he is. That's why we need to discern and be expected that God's coming into the room when we gather, when you're at home, wherever you be, that, that he comes to declare to you who you are. That there's a, a live, living light that begins to burn inside of you. It says to make the lampstands burn what? Continually doesn't stop. Right? The priesthood. Verse 3. Outside the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting, Aaron shall be in charge of it. What? The oil? From evening till the morning, before the Lord continually, it shall be a statute forever for your generation. And he shall be in charge of what? The lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. And you shall make fine flour and bake 12, uh, 12 cakes with it. And two-tenths of ephath shall be in each cake. And you shall set them in two rows, six in a row, on a pure gold table before the Lord. What's that? That's the bread, the showbread. What is he trying to do? Listen, the oil of the anointing is gonna bring to us a reality of the word. It's gonna begin to open things up. You can't do it without the word. You need to hear from him. You need the fresh bread of heaven. You need the fresh oil from heaven. And God wants to do that for us. Even in these moments, he wants to begin. Can you help me? Grace, please. What's the purpose? God wants to fill you with the oil. God wants you to be overcome by the oil. God wants you to be overcome the spirit of prayer. He wants me to be overcome with it. Most of the time when I'm getting ready, God's already dealing with me, right? The Spirit of God wants to just totally overcome us. But he wants to allow, listen, he wants you to allow him to come in and press. <laughs> We're in a season of uncomfortability. <laughs> Not being comfortable. It's good. It's a good thing. Because when the Spirit of God comes, I don't care how I feel, His presence changes everything. So stand with me. Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you. We thank you tonight that you're bringing each one of us through in, 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 in a pressing, in a sense. And Lord, I ask that the spirit of prayer would just come upon this place, come upon every family, every person. Lord, that the spirit of prayer would come upon us, Father. We would be consumed and obsessed with praying and finding you and seeking you, God. Lord, nothing would keep us away. Nothing would move us away. Nothing would deter us. I just speak to every distraction, every demonic distraction, every, every uh, physical distraction, Lord, that would keep us out from the outside of you. Lord, we're asking that you come inside and that we'd be able to come into the inner court. I thank you that we do. We have, blood, we have boldness with the blood, but I pray that we'd get a, the mind of Christ to pull us in, that we'd walk right in, that there'd be nothing that would hold us back. And so even tonight, maybe you need prayer. <laughs> you say, Lord, I just want you to come. I just want things to be fresh. I need fresh oil for my prayer life tonight. That's what we'll pray for. Fresh oil for prayer. Fresh oil to find the Lord. Fresh oil on my life. That, Lord, I'll allow you to come in and press and move in my life so that I don't miss one thing. Lord, we ask for eyes that can see and ears that can hear. Lord, I pray for, for the hunger, always, in every one of us, that we'd be just more hungry for you than anything else, any other meal. That we'd be desiring you and that nothing would keep us, nothing would move us. Lord, I thank you for every person in this place. And I thank you, Lord, that we're able to do we're able to move beyond what we think. Here it is, guys. You can move things in the spirit that you have no idea you can move. You can begin to move things and change atmospheres in the house that you live, with the struggles that people around you are having. You're, you are one that can shift atmospheres. And so whatever thinking that is contrary to that right now, we just declare it gone, null and void, that we would know that our hearts are aligned with you, that there's a movement inside of us, that we run to you and we run to you even stronger, Father. Lord, I thank you that our dependency isn't in ourselves and in our own strength, but our strength is in the Holy Spirit. Our strength is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our strength is in our Heavenly Father. So, Lord, let it come with a flow, torrents of rain, Father. We thank you, God. So, as we worship, as you just spend some time, if you want prayer, be right here. Pray for you. If you need prayer tonight, release, right? I just would like to see release torrents of God, just the flow of his spirit just moving through us so that we would no longer be, come on, shrunk back from prayer, but we'd be going after it. Amen. Amen.